Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 60. We're going to talk about how compounding works. Uh, so of course, as always, if you're listening, make sure you five-star subscribe, rate, review, wherever you're listening. Make sure you share this with your family and friends and make sure that they're also listening and you can talk about the episodes within amongst each other or with me. I love to get more DMs about what's going on, what you're hearing, what you're listening to uh, within the podcast. But a lot to talk about, a lot of the news. There's so much of the news that we're not going to do a question of the week. There's so much that I need to talk about in the news. There's so much I need to talk about in the roundtable, which will discuss how compounding your money actually works. We'll talk about the impending inflation. We'll talk about angel investing, what New Street wants to do in, in that area. We'll also talk about um, a thousand in five years. We want to touch a thousand families in five years. Um, so much to discuss. So we're going to get right into it. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, and we'll talk on the next segment very soon. We're back with our market update and news update. There's so much. Let's, let's get it started from the top. First and foremost, Market update. The big news this week is what's going on with the Federal Reserve, what Chairman Jerome Powell, Jerome is a cool name. You don't see many um, <laughs> not minority Jeromes, but I love it. I love it. Jerome Powell, Fed Chairman, he had comments and remarks that were released Wednesday talking about you know, the central bank's projections and the possibility of a rate hike. He kind of quell those expectations as we're not raising rates so maybe the end of 2023. Um, and so F F FOMC members um, were, were saying that at least one rate hike by the end of 2023 um, from five to seven, uh, five to seven. But, you know, what we're looking at right now is something that the market's watching, interest rates increasing. And that's obviously due to uh, many, many factors and economists could break this down for you. But you're seeing the 10-year Treasury real to increase. You're seeing rates increase, um, and to quell inflation, you know, you typically see the Federal Central Bank also raise rates as well. But they're saying, hey, the economy is still tender. We need to keep things low as of now to spur economic activity, to spur people doing things, um, and that is, you know, what we're looking at. So there's two kind of conflicting dichotomies here where you're seeing. Um, employment numbers and GDP numbers and and then inflation, which is also something that's going to be happening. But I think long term, inflation is going to be good uh, for the market. If you're someone that has cash, are you going to, and we'll talk about this more later when our compounding roundtable section, are you someone that has cash, are you going to be keeping it in a bank account where inflation's eating up the purchasing power of your cash more than ever before? As we've pumped our even our third stimulus uh, into the into the economy and flooded um, flooded the 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 economy with more with more cash and the and the cost of goods and the prices of goods and services increasing are going to start increasing. So that's something to look at. But there is just improved optimism from the market about the outlook of the economy in general. So they're raising GDP projections. Um, you're seeing that employment, people are getting jobs back. It's travels increasing. So the market understands that. And I think short-term pressure, yes, from rates on stocks, there'll be short-term pressure. Over the long term, though, this is a good thing as far as the economy as far as pending inflation, because money's going to flow to assets that are actually giving a return. It's not going to be, you know, bonds that are at zero. It's not going to be cash that's at negative. Um, it's going to be 
assets that are yielding a return. And so that's something to fully understand when you're talking about what's going on in the market. But those are the key things that we're watching and key things that we are doing and the key things that you're understanding as you're, you're seeing what's happening in the market. Now news, there's so much, there's so much in the news that it's going to go, we'll start from the top with the, with the news update. First and foremost, uh, the relief package from Biden. I think people that received it were pretty happy. The relief package came through for people. Um, and that's something that uh, was was promised. But, you know, now Biden's turning his eyes towards taxes. And people, I think we talked about the podcast before, but people have to understand that when we printed money, we do printed aid, which is good. Someone has to pay for that. And it's going to have to be through taxes more than likely taxes are going to front the bill um, for all the aid we've printed over the last year. And, and more than likely it's going to be hopefully uh, corporations. Um, but also, you know, Biden is also talking about taxing people uh, with incomes above 400,000 increasing that he said he will not increase taxes on people with income above 400,000. Um, and individuals who make 200,000 uh, could be affected if they're married to someone. So there's going to be, a, you know, a sec- essentially Warren, I think we talked about the podcast earlier, wants to do a wealth tax um, on, on wealthy people, 50 million net worth or above. Um, and so we're going to see more. I think real estate is going to be area that's taxed as well heavily because that's super, super easy to increase tax on real estate. You just increase property taxes, you increase different areas. So that's one way area where people will see taxes increase. Uh, so there's something that's going to front the bill. Uh, the Biden plans as he changed, as he looks toward taxes is, is coming through an effect. He also said that he would increase the corporate tax from like 21 to 28%, uh, where the president administration had changed, slashed it from 35 to 21. And now look, it's looking to increase. So yeah, that's going to be an effect. That's going to be a next big item to be talked about. And along the same lines of taxes, the IRS postponed the April 15th U.S. tax deadline to May 17th. So you have the opportunity now to May 17th. They had already some states had already pushed it back. I think Texas, Louisiana, places that were hit by the storms, uh, they pushed their deadline back. But now federally, on a federal level, everything is pushed back a month and two days. So uh, there's more time to you know pay the tax man if you are self-employed or get your refund if you are uh, not self-employed. And uh, something that's something to understand as well. Moving on to Uber's gig economy, Uber lost a big battle in the UK. They have to classify their their gig drivers as workers and not contractors, which is a huge deal for them. They've been fighting that battle to try not to have these uh, drivers classified as workers. Essentially, it means for them that they have to provide the benefits They have, I mean, it's obviously a, a more of a cost burden to Uber to have people classified as workers and not just contractors. So that's something that they have to obviously probably buy by the UK minimum wage. There's so many different things. It's going to compress margins. That's why I'm not a big fan of these gig economy companies. Um, Uber is different in the sense that they're larger, they have a larger scale. So it makes sense for them and for, for, but if you're a smaller gig economy company, it just doesn't make sense. Margin pressure is huge in those areas. Um, so super, super something that I'm going to keep and people keep watching a company that is not related to the gig economy though, Squarespace, which is, uh, people don't know what Squarespace is. It's a website building platform. Um, another one of those kind of like Wix, all those areas we can easily build, websites on a template which is obviously huge in this time i think 
during the pandemic, there was almost a doubling of people that were starting businesses. And obviously if you have a business, you need a website. So this is an area that's going to get hotter. Every young person has some sort of side business or selling something. Uh, But Squarespace just had a $10 billion valuation. So they're still, uh, which surprised me, they're still a private company. So they're founded in 2003. Their valuation is 5X in the past three years. Uh, They're just seeing so much influx of cash from investors that want to get part into this before they IPO. I'm assuming they're going to IPO in regularly in the next two years or so. But that's something to watch out for. Uh, when the when they go public, they're going to be compared to the different areas. I think Shopify, different competitors of that nature. Um, so it's definitely something to watch out for in that area. Morgan Stanley uh, is actually allowing people, their wealthy clients, actually, let's clarify, <laughs> they're allowing their wealthy clients to get access to Bitcoin funds. So not even the actual Bitcoin. So there's so many levels of cryptocurrency. There's different levels that people don't understand. You can have access to Bitcoin funds, which is like ETFs or whatever that trade based on cryptocurrencies. So definitely not, you're not holding the actual cryptocurrency at that case. And there's also, you can have access to, Bitcoin through an exchange like Coinbase or Square or whatever. You can have access to them through there. Also, you, the third level deeper, you can actually have access through owning the coins yourself through a wallet, right? And that's another level people even don't understand. That's a third level. And I talked about it. I've talked about it before on, on the podcast. Obviously, the bigger custodial, the bigger firms are just still warming up to this stuff. Uh, Morgan is only, which I think is wrong, only allowing it to do for their wealthy clients. I think they said the people that have like two million or above assets with them, uh, or five million or above assets, one of the two in the article. And I said no, even for my clients. If you're someone that I work with, I will help you getting exposure to cryptocurrency because I believe it's it's good. It's it's something that you should have based on your risk profile, based on your cash liquidity. We shouldn't be throwing everything at that, I don't believe. Obviously, you want to understand what you should be doing. That's why for my clients, I said, hey, hey, even if I'm not managing the assets, I'll help you set it up on another platform and get you actually you know, having the correct exposure to cryptocurrency because it is something that I believe in, especially for the long term. You see now every old head Every one of the old guards now changing their mind, which took them, you know, what a long time to do so. But they realize they can't even ignore it because it's going to eat up. You know, we're talking. It's going to eat up the banking industry. It's going to eat up a lot of these industries, crypto, the technology, all these areas. It's, it's really going to make a big impact in these a- areas five, ten, fifteen years down the line. So definitely something to watch out for. And um, something I, I think I, I'm have to speak on slightly, as we know in this podcast, we keep it finance, keep it business, but I have spoken on in the past about wrongdoings, and obviously there was things that were wrong, done wrong with the eight people killed in the Atlanta area, massage spa Tuesday, senseless act, um, is something that you never want to see. We want to stop the hate and the violence. Um, and so, yeah, just condolences out to those families uh, that were affected by that and, and praying for them. Lighter news. Elon Musk, he seems to be a sort of funny guy. He changed his name, his official title. He filed this with the SEC. He changed his official title to the Techno King of Tesla. And his CFO, Zach Kirkhorn, is now the master of coin. It's it's signaling that they're going to be fully invested. They already put, I think it was $1.5 billion of their cash into crypto, into Bitcoin. They're going to allocate a lot more. If the, the, the smartest person, arguably the smartest person in the world, 
just changed his mind on cryptocurrency a few months ago. It's not too late for the average person. <laughs> but, you know, if you're someone that's not understanding it, again, have to fully understand it, actually work with an expert because people, we'll talk about it later, they just don't fully understand diversification and risk tolerance. They don't understand any of those things. Um, and more private company news, Stripe, Stripe, another payment processing startup, has become the most valuable startup and private company, um, which, you know, it's super interesting. Stripe has officially passed Elon SpaceX to become the most valuable private startup. And Elon is actually a Stripe investor. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to dive into that later about how the ways to actually create generational wealth. But Stripe, kudos to them. They're nearly three times its last reported valuation from April 2020. They just probably raised a new round of funding. Um, and they are now the largest or most profit, or excuse me, most valuable private company, uh, biggest unicorn that we have right now. I'm sure you'll hear IPO news on them coming soon so the investors and shareholders can cash out by selling the shares to the bank, who then flip it to you guys, who think you guys can buy it at the IPO price when you actually can't, but you still think you can, unfortunately. Um, revenge economy. There is a revenge pent-up demand. I've talked about this on CNBC multiple times. The pent-up demand when travel, people going places. On April 15th of last year, the TSA had only passed 90K people, 90,000 people through TSA. And on Sunday, there was more than 1.3 million people going through the TSA checkpoints. It's still 41% below 2019 levels, but it's a great, crazy improvement. It's only going to get better as people are more of safe of the vaccine, more people are going to be going through TSA, more people are traveling, more people are going to be doing things that they've been craving to do for the past year. Uh, and so that's going to really have an effect, a positive effect on the economy, I believe, is you'll see people doing everything they feel like, like they missed out on. Um, and so that's super, super important to see uh, coming up. But wow, that is our news update. I thought it was a lot more. Did I miss anything in our news update? Um, I think we had it all. We got the Biden plan, talked about stocks. Um, we hit it all on the head, folks. But next up, we're going to discuss a lot on the roundtable. We'll go point by point on what's going on in the roundtable. It's going to be general ranting and hopefully nuggets of gold. But um, we'll discuss that on the roundtable coming up next. <laughs> Hey everyone, gather around for the finance roundtable discussing more topics, general stuff um, that I've thought about over the past week and just want to touch base on. So the first thing is, you know, compounding your money and how your money over time works. You'll see everyone and, you know, I guess I'm I wouldn't say guilty of this. I talk about it on CNBC a lot, just just in general. But uh, as far as investing in different stocks, which is good, and you want to be invested correctly and have a correct portfolio. But the thing is that people forget sometimes uh, what compounding, how it works, and how it works over time, and why you actually, if you have high conviction on something or stock security, what you're supposed to do. You're you know, so that's a big thing to understand. Um, so. I was talking or posted on social media about you know, actually investing more money over time and how that helps you more than anything else. So if you pull up any sort of investing calculator and actually run through numbers on 
how your your contribution to your monthly savings, investment accounts, retirement accounts, and you increase that number on the annual contribution or the monthly contribution, how that works versus, you know, trying to put a, a return rate on it that you're probably not going to reach, right? Like if you're trying to do something of that nature. So let's say, you know, someone is, you know, trying to save, they start with $5,000 and they're trying to save for 30 years. A young person, they'll be 30, they'll be 60 in 30 years. So we put 30 years time frame on it. We do a conservative return rate of, you know, let's just call it 9%. That's compounded annually. Let's say that they only put $100 into their account every month. That gets compounded. Um, and that's going to compound for them at the end of this 30 years their ending balance would be $237,000, right? And let's say this person says, hey, I'm not just trying to only save $100 a month. I have goals I want to reach. I want to retire at a certain point. I want to have you know, a lifetime of my family, cover healthcare costs, uh, be able to lease something for my family, be able to travel. I'm going to increase my saving to $500 a month. Let's see what they would have with our assumptions at the end of this time. That's $900. $923,000, nearly a million dollar nest egg. And that's what people understand. It's not trying to rejigger the numbers so that you are, you know, getting lucky on some stock. If you are someone that has a steady plan and you actually do that, and you could also have a portfolio that's more risk taking or more aggressive, I should say, that's a, a dichotomy that you can do, which people fully don't understand because they, they want to do things in a way where they just like get lucky or they heard someone else got lucky. That's, that's another way where it doesn't have to be 30 year time frame, right? You can lower the time frame, increase your investment contributions per month, and also do things in that in that time frame. So I would encourage people to kind of think about that. Um, if you have goals, it's not gonna be just done by, you know, getting lucky or doing this or that. Um, it's it's really done by habitual thing over time and the numbers are there. It's never not been there. And then that same example, let's see if some that person did nothing. They didn't contribute per month. They just let that $5,000 sit there and compound that 9% annually. That's $66,000. So the people that don't save and they aren't retired, you you really know why, right? That's that's clear. That's clear in the numbers. So something to think about uh, when you're hearing all this and that. If, if I know people that are serious about what they're trying to do, especially when I work with people, I can tell when they're serious about it because they have their budget, they're saving, they're increasing, they're being con- intentional about what they're trying to do, especially when it comes to their saving. That's super, super important for them. And that way they don't have to be super aggressive. They don't want to be. Um because they already know their their own goal set and their own plan for the future. So super, super important. And along those lines, inflation, we talked about in the beginning, that is uh, coming. And I've talked about this. I'm not a person that says you have to have a year's worth of emergency rainy day funds. I don't think anyone needs to be that conservative. Like even if it's six months, I'm not a big believer. It doesn't have to be six months. If you have a job, if you have a relatively stable job, X, Y, Z, maybe it's three months, whatever, uh, four months, but it doesn't have to be a year's long rainy day. That just makes no sense. Your money's sitting there not compounding. There's no yield on it with any of the banks giving any yield. Even high yield savings are 0.5%, half, half a basis point. So really, as we talked about a million times, putting your money to work and diversifying your portfolio is important. Yeah, I'm a stock market guy, so of course I... I advocate for the easiest way to earn a return in the world, I believe, is the stock market. Like, 
I love it. I think it's the easiest way to return a return. You have an expert help you invest. It takes costs nothing to open up an account versus, you know, people that I love, love real estate, which I don't think is a bad thing, but that actually has a lot of one time after you to do it, you have to build up a lot of cash to be able to buy properties. You have to maintenance the properties. You have to buy, have someone else maintenance or pay them to maintenance. That takes a lot more work than actually having a retirement or investment account that grows for you. That, that's super, that's super intuitive to understand, I hope for people. But I do understand diversification of portfolio. So if you have been doing the right things in the stock market and retirement and all that stuff, yeah, if you're like, oh, I want another way to diversify my portfolio, then that's where it makes sense, right? Then that's where it makes sense to also have real estate and do different things or start a business. I advocate for entrepreneurship. Um, and we'll talk about like ways to actually increase your wealth over time. But entrepreneurship is one of those ways. And so I do advocate diversifying your portfolio, but people um, forget to, to you know, build, do the first steps. Like take the first step, then you say, okay, the next step and the next step. But um, that's, how, that's how I look at it. And I think it's a great way to look at it. Um, but you know, as inflation is, you know, incoming, there's just, you'll see in the next coming years, assets increase versus, you know, people that have held their cash for fear of X, Y, Z, um, not, not the smartest way to go about things. And on those lines, we talked briefly on increasing wealth. I'm just going tick by tick in the areas I want to touch in the round table that touch spoke to me this week. I was, you know, going to talk about or send out a tweet about the best ways to increase there's only a couple ways to free and we don't have to have the goals. You don't have to have the goals to be wealthy, but a lot of people are talking about generational wealth everywhere. Everyone's like talking about literacy. All oh, that's, it's all the rave right now for people, but there's really only two ways to actually create real generational wealth. You can start a business, create a product that's adopted and mass, meaning that everyone uses it grows so big that you have a company that you get seed money that you IPO, or you're one of the early investors into these companies, right? That's angel investing. That's an area we've never even touched in New Street because I think, because there's a lot of barriers to entry, right? You, you actually can't be technically an angel investor unless you make over a certain amount. But New Street's gonna change that for some people. We're gonna work on some ways for change that for people that aren't able to do it. Um, but those are only two ways. So we're really talking about real generational wealth. And if you look at anyone that's a billionaire, look at all these different places, there's only two ways to do it. and and I like the fact that there's a conversation being started about how to actually create it, but let's really get down to the nitty gritty. There's only two ways to do it. And one of the easiest way, or excuse me, one of the ways I think that is easier for people, um, like not everyone's gonna be able to create a product that's gonna be a, like a, a Tesla product, any of those things, not everyone can do that. But yes, everyone should be able to be able to have capital that's invested into these companies early stage. And I think that's something that we, we need to change. So I'm gonna be looking at solution, new should working on solution to have people have access to these markets, have access to these companies, to have angel investing opportunities, to be able to meet founders and meet people that are working on cool and exciting projects early enough to become a partner in that, to help them grow, to become part of their network, to invest cash and money that gets a return, to be have part of equity in these businesses. That's that's really important, I think, for the next generation, especially in a new industry that's really, really super new, like cryptocurrency and, and NFTs. You just saw OpenSea, the largest cryptocurrency NFT marketplace, just raised $25 million 
uh, seed round, but it's from the same people. It's from the same venture capital names. It's from the same angel investing names, Mark Cuban, uh, uh, Andrew Horitz, whatever their names are, all those same names, the same people that are going to keep making themselves billionaires when this company IPOs in five years or whatever. It's all the same. It's all the same people. And I think that needs to be changed. And that next step for, for me and my company and for people in this network, clients in this network, is to to be a part of that growth because that's super, super important in the next five to 10 years. Along those lines, it was just, this is more an offshoot, but meme pages. So there's all these meme financial coach pages. I think some of them, and this is not the ones that I like, like the financial coach that are actually giving real info to real people, but these meme pages that are spouting info that may make you feel good when you read it, but it's actually not giving you anything to do. Like if you're someone that's like following all these pages, uh, meme, meme financial pages, meaning like these pages that spout these different quotes, what is that actually doing to you? Let's think about that. It's making you feel good that you read something, but what is the action that you took, right? Like I'm a big action person. I'm not a person that's going to like read something and not act on it or, or just take information that's not needed. I only take in what I need and I, I use that. And so I think I'm not a person that's trying to big, build a big following. I talked about it in my tweet. New Street's going to help over a thousand families in the first five years of inception. We're not even two years into inception and we're nearing 300 families helped. And it's not about gaining followers. It's actually about helping families to do something that they haven't done before based on their goals. And that's that's really what's important. I think financial literacy being twisted into this whole meme page, popularity page, I've never been about that. I don't care to to have a billion followers. That's not my goal, not my aim, and not needed for me to be, honestly, for the business, not needed. It's not what it's about. And it's super important to understand that to help a thousand families in five years, one, the sharing, which has been super, super helpful in Team New Street and the people that are clients and the people that are in network, sharing of this, what we do to other people, which has been done. I couldn't even say it's been done so much, and I really appreciate that. That's what about we were looking to change and expand and do things. If you look at any RIA out there, as New Street's a registered investment advisory firm, if you look at any one of them out there, look at look at the faces there. I tell you, there, there's not a lot of diverse faces out there. It was funny. I was talking to my brother and my friend about that. There's no diverse faces out there. And they will tell you they're diverse. They want to do these things. They don't, right? And that's why I'm glad that, you know, this is owned by a diverse person who actually is doing things for diverse people. And, and I'm not, I've never stuck my hung my hat on that, but it is important because, honestly, if you look at any of those RAs out there, any of them, they, they don't care to help people of other until they, they become proper until you have xyz then, then they're going to hop on that's that's what they've always done um it's the it's the same same thing over and over again but really appreciative what we're doing here the network we're growing here because i think it's super important to change the dynamic i think everyone has learned something it's for the first episode that we ever did to now episode 60 if you haven't learned something that i like, that's impossible we've learned something we've grown Again, I said it myself, nothing can happen overnight, but there's actually steps we've taken in a year and a half. We'll do the same steps in two years, three, four, five, that will literally reach everyone to a, a certain point that they've never probably thought was possible, to be honest. Um, and that's that's really the goal. So that's a lot of rant and raving for a good long time, but we really appreciate that. Next up, we're going to quickly figure out, finish up with the, with the personal life update. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening to me rant uh, for 
what, 20, 25 minutes. I loved it. Um, again, thank you, Team Nushi, for sharing. Uh, we, I, you know, I typically don't uh, overwhelm with posts on social media, but there's been a lot, a great deal of, of, of tailwinds of people really just understanding the movement, understand what we're doing, sharing, family, friends. Trust me, we're, we're I'm, I'm super appreciative because that's what it's about. Um, and I'll make sure to keep, you know, every day I wake up, I really try to do the best I can do for this team, for this, for this network. And I'll keep doing that. I, I'm a workaholic, competitive, competitive, competitive person. And we are the fastest growing in the country. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Um, and that's, that's through, you know, the people that are, you know, understanding what we're doing and, and sharing that I'll be, you know, on CNBC, um, Tuesday, CNBC Wex, the early one. Need a big favor from Team Ushri. I am on CNBC. Go to the CNBC platform. Type in my name, Delano Sapporo, and everything you see there. Try to watch anything you can. Try to watch five videos. You want to increase the numbers, the shares, the clicks of everything on CNBC related to Team Ushri, related to Ushri Advice Group. Go to CNBC website if you have a moment, um, and go ahead and click, search my name, and click on all those videos. Try to watch and see what what's going on. It's, it should be interesting stuff. Let me know what you saw, but let's do that. Let's drive up these numbers. I'm also going to be posting more about the CNBC um, um, times that I'm on there, the spots that I'm on there. So please go ahead and do that. There's going to be obviously more in the next few weeks, uh, possibly Fox Business as well. But just keep doing that. We want to make sure that we're increasing uh, the literacy with Team New Street. And so we really, really appreciate that. And yeah, I'm going to sign off. It's a gloomy day here in New York. Um, I'm trying to hit the Peloton and beat my brother on this fitness Apple watch thing. <laughs> but um, again, we appreciate the listening. We appreciate the sharing until next week.